now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Except you're not, because I don't have any type of street knowledge that I can give y'all. Um, I'm not street smart. I was just trying out an intro from Straight Outta Compton by NWA, and uh, thought it would work for a new intro, but um, I'll, I'll promise to do better for my next episode. That was not intended to reference the next episode by Dr. Dre. But what I can tell you is this. This is the Sophisticated Black Man Podcast. I am Jamar Burke, your friendly neighborhood black man and your sophisticated black man. Um, if you followed that life update episode that just came out, uh, you heard me say that the episode following that episode was going to be a political one. Now, of course, it isn't going to be left and right, political or conservative, liberal, you know, Republican, Democratic, U.S. politics, because we all know those politics are the worst type of politics. They just suck. But I'm more so referencing the kind of humanitarian, ethical, human rights, war aspect of the politics going on. Um... And it's in reference to two things, which, you know, one of my most dedicated listeners, Rory, um, is surprised I haven't done an episode about the firearms being used in both conflicts, which I plan, I think I might do an episode about the range and spectrum of firearms being used in both conflicts right now. Um, so probably stay tuned for a future episode for that. But instead, of course, the two news cycle, two news stories have been just being run through the entire news cycles, all right, is in reference to what's going on with Ukraine and Russia, and then, of course, what's been going on with Israel and Hamas, as far as those two conflicts there, Um, and there's a lot to kind of catch up if you haven't been, you know, staying in the news cycle with those I completely understand it's a lot to keep up it's a lot of you know just not need to hear stuff probably stuff you don't want to see or hear um but that's fine but as a kind of for fair warning forewarning please do not take everything that I say on my podcast uh, with a grain of salt, do not be offended by what I'm about to say as far as both conflicts go. I'm going to break down both. There's going to be some facts and mainly a lot of opinions from my side about this conflict because that's my that's my right. I own this podcast and I can opinionate how I see fit to it. I'm going to be truthful and very and as unbiased as I possibly can because um, that's, that's what y'all deserve. So... <laughs> Definitely do not be butthurt, offended by whatever I'm about to say about both conflicts. Um, Like I said, both are a case of humanitarian efforts, humorized, ethical, and just, you know, stuff in general. And then the impact that it's having around the world. So with that being said, let's get into the nitty gritty. I had a hard time saying that in the last episode, but now I have a down pat. So let's get into the nitty gritty. And the gritty, not the gritty, but gritty. So the first thing I'm going to start with is, of course, Ukraine. Now, if most of you haven't been keeping up with the news since February of last year, um, you should know by now that Russia uh, invaded Ukraine 
which was part of the Eastern Bloc throughout the 50s through up until 1991 when the Berlin Wall came down. And then the dissolution or dissolvement, or I guess dissolution, of the Soviet Union. And now Russia is just a federation of Russia, Russian Federation, whatever you want to call it. Then Ukraine, of course, established its own itself as a country during the Cold War, but then really much after uh, the Soviet Union disbanded. So February, current Russian President Vladimir Putin declared a special operation to essentially take over Ukraine and Ukraine's president Vladimir Zelensky um, basically said fuck no that shit's not happening we're going to fight for our country because we're a sovereign and free country we are no longer part of the eastern bloc and so you know can definitely commend Zelensky there for standing up for his country so Russia pressed in you guys remember the whole um, Ukrainian army or it might have been navy not sure not even sure if Ukraine has really has a navy um, members that were on Snake Island who all by the way after they went dark within the first two weeks of the excuse me the, the conflict people call it a war I call it a conflict man I mean, it's been going on for a year but still it's a conflict um and they were live. Um, basically, since then, we're in October 2023. It's been over a year and a half since the battle started. And at one point, Russia was gaining a lot of steam. Got as far, very close to Kiev, which is the uh, capital of Ukraine. But Ukrainian, the Ukrainian army, along with some special forces and some some of the foreign legion fighters help push back that Russian line almost back to Russian lines and then you know last winter came and Russia pushed back a little bit to kind of towards uh, eastern Ukraine and southeast southern Ukraine and then spring came there was a spring offensive that was being hyped up and then um, it was kind of dead on arrival sort of, I guess, technically, maybe, um, but not really, and then summer came, there was supposed to, that same offensive was really slogged, but Ukrainian officials basically said, no, this is part of the plan, um, and they did push back, they got to Crimea in the summertime, blew up a bridge that was the main transport for a lot of Russian military vehicles from Crimea into Ukraine, there's also a lot of wealthy citizens that live in Crimea, so they were either trapped or got out before the bridge was blown. So, from last I heard, we can actually, I can look at this live right now. Um, apparently, last I heard, there was a, a postal depot that was attacked by Russian missiles um, in eastern Ukraine. It killed six at the postal depot. So that's the latest big thing that's happened. Um, and so it's it's day 606. Or I guess going on to day 607 now. Um, what I've been hearing a lot is that a lot of foreign officials, foreign to Ukraine, so like US, British intelligence, all that, 
especially in the spring and summertime when that offensive was announced it was just very slow um and a lot of people did not like that it, it was a slow offensive i guess what people need to understand is that offensive for say the u.s or any other powerful first world country like germany great britain australia the u.s china and russia although in this case it is working out very well for russia in terms of offensive for an offense for an offensive campaign for very wealthy first world countries with powerful militaries it could take between three days to two weeks for offensive to really start trudging through and make some progress um but i mean even history tells us in in the in the pacific for the u.s marine corps um during world war ii like peleliu okinawa um iwo jima like those islands took more than two weeks you know iwo jima took two months or took like 34 days 40 days peleliu was like 50 something days and then okinawa was like for for 30 days offensive like that take a while and in this case of ukraine and russia trying to trade offensive campaign for offensive campaign it's hard to trudge and keep up that momentum because in eastern europe you know history also tells that hitler also with operation barbarossa tried to go into moscow take over moscow and basically go as far east as he can to cut off kind of Russian supplies um, and try to make the Russian army surrender or I guess Soviet Union Soviet surrender anyway but it was unsuccessful because the Soviets did their own kind of scorched earth theory of we have enough supplies we'll burn out the rest so that Germany can't get it this isn't 20th century anymore. This isn't 1941. This is 2023. And Scorched Earth can be, you know, detrimental to both sides. So I think a lot of those leaders and officials were expecting Ukraine to kind of just power through Russia. You know, they did it last spring, last summer, and stuff like that. But, excuse me. Um,. It's a little different now. The Russian army has got more reinforcements. They have adapted their fighting styles now. You know, but they don't have the backing and support of the Wagner group anymore. Now that um, their leader who's killed, shot down, presumably by Vladimir Putin and his regime um, for the, the coup that they did back in March. You know, that shit happens like that when you do dumb shit. And now the Wagner group was uh, expelled or exiled to Belarus, I believe. So like west of Russia, that's also borders Ukraine. Um, so they don't have the backing of the Wagner group. There's just they're still sending soldiers out there, but it's I believe they adopted their tactics a little bit. Now for Ukraine, same thing. They're still getting weapons from Germany us the u.s great britain australia so forth and so on so getting these like expensive weapon systems um these you know fighting vehicles tanks abrams leopard tanks bradley fighting vehicles all this stuff anti-missile defenses so ukraine's getting a lot of this stuff 
Um, and that's where kind of the political side of things gets in. Uh, billions of dollars have been passed in aid for Ukraine to keep them from being taken over by Russia. Which even some Russians that are fighting in the Russian army are like, this. we just don't want a part of this. We don't want to do this. You know, it's it's there's no worthy cause. There's no good outcome from this. Meanwhile, on the other side, Ukrainians are like, this is our fucking homeland. Some of those kids that are around my age um, were born in Ukraine, have only known, but a free Ukraine. And they're not... If they learn history, then they don't want to do like be part of the Eastern Bloc again or the Warsaw Pact. So they're kind of experiencing that type of stuff. Um, so I can definitely understand the freedom aspect of that. Um, but you know, it's it's just one of those things. Um, so the U.S. has given billions of dollars. Congress has given billions of dollars. Now, here's where my opinion comes into this all this. So recently, if you haven't seen whether you live in the U.S. or internationally, the United States Congress, specifically the House of Representatives, is does not have a House Speaker. Uh, Kevin McCarthy was ousted as House Speaker two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago today, I think. And... Um, They've been holding votes for House Speaker since then, and nothing's been working. Um, it's been trying to figure out a lot of this, a lot of this stuff, um, and they have yet to find a House Speaker. So, basically, the House of Representatives is in a turkey shoot of crapshoot of trying to find somebody to be the House Speaker. How that affects aid is that no votes can be taken on an aid right now for for Ukraine to give them what they need to continue fighting um, until a speaker is uh, appointed, and then they can focus on that part. Now, to me, this is no different. This conflict. I mean, I can I will bring up the fight for freedom for the. You know the 13 colonies in 1776, 1775, 1776. People trying to get freedom. Where that vastly is different from this time period is that it's a already established sovereign country that got sovereignty after the Cold War became its own country again um, because Ukraine was previously a country pre 1918 so pre the Russian uh, revolution they were a country but then of course the Russian revolution happened uh, Lenin as well as Tarfovsky and eventually Stalin all brought those Eastern European countries together into the bloc that is the Soviet Union and Ukraine was just kind of a subset of all of that and then the Cold War happened um you know, Ukraine was still there, but it wasn't Ukraine anymore. And then as the 80s and 90s came on, um, Ukraine was finally carved out to be its own country again in 91, 92. Um, so they're refighting for sovereignty and freedom. They're trying to keep it. So to say that they're fighting for their freedom is not as big of a stretch as you think, but it's not like 
brand new country trying to re trying to get freedom. This is a previously previously established company country thinking company previously previously established country trying to keep their sovereignty that they gained 26 27 years ago um or if i can do math 30 years ago 31 years ago but i also understand that because they were a block country back in the 50s through 80s and 90s and then they're also not aligned with nato now that's also the political part of all this is that nato is holding up membership for ukraine which i i don't know what that aspect is because if you think about it if you let ukraine join now essentially you're set you're setting russia up to be just absolutely essentially engulfed by all the nato nations that surrounds it like poland i'm telling you right now poland is not a country you want to fuck with because they've had time you know they're not going to sit down and take shit like they did in, in 1939 they're more established this century they were in the 20 in the 20th mainly with their special forces and their military the gr G-R-O-M, GROM, is a very secretive special forces unit that is, their, their big thing is identity. But they will fuck you, your shit up in a heartbeat and not give a damn. So I know Russia does not want to fuck with Poland. Belarus is also, I consider it a terroristic state because of the dictator that's there. Um, But I can see why NATO is taking so long to accept because if you accept their application to become a member, they become a member. They get NATO aid and all this stuff. But they also want to try to avoid this conflict being as wide scale as possible. Because they're already at war with Russia. Russia will be attacking a NATO country. Now all of NATO responds. Then you get China, you get North Korea involved in this. And it now becomes World War Three. So I understand them not accepting them into NATO right now because it invokes that clause that you attack a NATO country, well, you're going to get fucked up by NATO. And then that invokes like China to back support uh, North Korea. A lot of other communist countries, hell, Belarus will join in just for the fuck of it. And so forth. So I understand that. But to not give them the resources that they need. Again, this is a, a block country that reformed in 30 years ago. They haven't had time like the U.S. to build up all this advanced technology, all these advanced armaments and such. Like they're just now establishing themselves as foreign and uh, as a foreign sovereign government, and had elections like three years ago, where Zelensky was voted. You know, he was in a movie about previously being comedian because he was previously a comedian and then becoming president and now he's president which is such a just a funny funny circle of events so they haven't had time to build up all these arms they're still using like surplus ammo surplus 762 surplus 545 from the cold war that they're running through that to like if they're with NATO, they can get all the latest technology, all the latest ammunition. Like, you never know. Um, all this stuff. They had one of the biggest, like, planes ever built in the world that could transport, like, tanks and stuff like that. That was as big as they had as far as, like, advanced equipment. Um, but that got destroyed in the war. 
and now there's a project by a Ukrainian billionaire. Yeah, there's like one billionaire in Ukraine to build, restart rebuilding that airplane and probably build more. Um, so it's not like they have a lot of advanced technology. So if we keep supplying them, this is my opinion, so here comes the opinionated part. We keep supplying them with advanced technology. Eventually, I think the conflict will get to a point where it's either they're going to come out on top reestablish old lines get things that they want to russia gets handed with some type of shit and then now they use that technology that was given to them like the bradley fighting vehicles the leopards the abrams tanks um you know weapons given to them like the mcx uh spear mcx by six hour you know these weapons five five six seven six two all of this stuff they start mass producing this ammo now because now after the conflict's in it, now they, their entry into NATO has been accepted. So now they have NATO protection. They share the same resources with NATO. So now they start developing their own arms, you know, start getting more um, this and so forth. They start developing this stuff and now they're able to become their own sovereign country that can govern themselves, can produce things by themselves and so forth. Um, so I think that's, that's where... I feel is that we keep giving them these resources. It's not like giving, you know, a junkie a spoon. You keep feeding them meth, like eventually they'll stop doing meth or they'll make their own meth. Like if they make their own meth, then they will stop taking from your supply, essentially. Um, you know, so if you're giving, you know, the drug addict more drugs eventually they'll try to find a way to make the drugs that they're making more potent and then turn around and sell that for profit and stuff like that and just be part of a big circle i know that was a terrible analogy to use but just bear with me here it makes sense um so that's that's where i'm at with ukraine keep giving them the supplies that we need a lot of people say well you know water's still not fixing flint all this stuff um maui Here's where that those arguments need to fucking stop. This conflict happened in 2022. What's been going on in Flint has been happening for decades. It just became national news seven, eight, nine years ago. People, the state of Michigan, the federal government, the city of Flint and the city of Detroit have had decades to fix that water. But they chose not to. And then all of a sudden it becomes national news and now it's up to the federal government. That's the federal government's fault back then for not doing it. That's the state government's fault for not doing it back then. You can't fixate on problems that are happening in America with aid that's not being get there. There's people don't know there are budgets set aside for certain things. Okay. And so part of the billions of dollars we give to those countries to help stay countries, free countries, sovereign countries. It's thrown into that budget. Things that help solve Flint and other stuff that's going around. Feed the homelessness. Feed, feed the poor. Again, that's not a federal regulated thing. That's a state regulated thing. Because you know how hard it is to try to feder- federally regulate something like homelessness and infrastructure for internet and all that. It's hard as fuck. But if you do it at the state level, it's easier to handle and you can get more appropriated funds from the federal government to do that. You can't simply just rely on the federal government to do this and you not have any type of, you know, responsibility. It's not how that works, people. 
So for all of you that have been moaning about homelessness and all this needs to be fixed first, that is a state level thing. This is a federal level. We're giving billions to a country that needs help in terms of them not being turned into socialist or communistic because they're already an established and sovereign country. So me personally, I say keep giving them arms, um, keep giving them the resources that they need to fight back against Russia and then reestablish their entire future because Ukraine is in a shit show right now. Every building has been destroyed. Like what used to look beautiful and nice and peaceful just looks like absolute war that's been happening for 607 days. And um, that's my opinion, man. Just we keep feeding them. It's like a baby. You don't stop feeding a baby because it gets bigger. You keep feeding that baby till it's healthy enough and to where it can survive on its own you know like you keep feeding a baby and then you don't stop feeding it after you think it's had enough no you keep feeding it until it's healthy enough to take care of itself and when you start taking care of itself then that's when you stop feeding it because they become socially aware subconsciously social or psychological not psychologically they just they become aware that they need to feed themselves so that's what I think about Ukraine. Keep feeding them the stuff that they need. They're going to fight back, um, fight back, beat Russia, become their own sovereign nation, become part of NATO. And, you know, hey, we're going to have some fucking fun. Take a trip to Kiev in like five, ten years and, you know, be done with it. So that's my opinion on the Ukraine-Russia, Ukraine-Russo war, however you want to call it, conflict. Then uh, second half of this episode, we're going to talk about uh, Israel. And Hamas, and give my thoughts and opinions on that. So, uh, stay tuned to this uh, would be ad sponsored break, but according to Spotify now, I don't qualify for ads. So, if you have any people out there that need something new to listen to, tell them to uh, look up Sophisticated Black Man podcast on Spotify. Give them something new to listen to. Tell them to listen to this episode, the life update episode, and previous episodes. That was a self sponsored ad. So, hey. This episode is sponsored by the Sophisticated Black Man Podcast on Spotify for podcasts or Anchor for podcasts. Anchor for Spotify. Whatever. We'll be back. And welcome back. Welcome back. I didn't want to do the D.O. Hugely Show intro or re-intro, whatever, from break. I want to do my own thing. A little, little spinny spin on that. Um, so in this this very politically charged episode, I'm going to say, we're talking about um two conflicts that have been just in the news cycles for seemingly since February of last year. Um, we're talking about the Ukrainian-Russo conflict, as I've deemed it, or the Ukraine-Russian war conflict. It's really a conflict. And just talk about my opinions and facts as what happened in that. Um, but now we're going to shift to something that's very, very recent. Um, and that is we're going to be talking about um, Israel versus Hamas. Um, so two Saturdays ago, um, terrorist group Hamas 
um, invaded Israel, essentially, not just the Gaza Strip, but Israel, um, at a concert that happened two Saturdays ago. So this conflict has been going on for two weeks now. Excuse me, folks. Hello. <laughs> A little tight, a little tight. They barbecue about two hours ago. It's pretty good barbecue. Actually, it was it was a burger, a Lake House burger with uh, brisket, fried onion rings, fried pickles on it, and a uh, brown sauce. It was pretty, pretty delectable. Taking it from tomorrow, actually. Um, so yes, uh, Hamas, a terrorist organization uh, with some Palestinian background. Now, the way that Al Jazeera is labeling this is the Israel-Palestine conflict, which most people should know that that's those two countries have been fighting <coughs> excuse me um about uh whether the Gaza Strip belongs to Palestine which is a country or belongs to Israel which is the other country uh the other side to look at this is that Israel is mainly Jewish um and Christianity and Christian and then Palestine is full of uh Arab Muslims and that conflict that's been going on for decades since Israel established itself as a country back in 1951 or was it 57 I think it's 1957 anyway um, so they've been fighting over this little part of that separates Israel and Palestine to see who owns the Gaza Strip and they've been fighting conflicts been happening that for years now now, Hamas is a, again, terroristic. It's mainly, like, mainly Palestinian Arabs decided to invade Israel. And I believe how this conflict started was at a concert that was in Israel. This happened, like, Saturday morning. Friday morning, Saturday morning, something like that. Um, and so, it's... Uh, that's how it started. At least this one is that Hamas basically um, invaded um, Israel, especially southern Israel. Um, so that's that's how that happened. Um, as far as all of all of Palestine and all that. Um, and then if you know the background of this entire thing, six day war. Um, so there's been a lot of bad blood between Palestine and, um, Israel. And it's been just, there's been a lot of something that's, that's gone on with this. Um, but yes, Hamas basically attacked a, uh, concert in southern uh, Israel and it was such a swift attack that Israel was cut off that was just Israel was blindsided did not even though intelligence that they got and said that Hamas was amassing about to do something you know they just weren't prepared they were caught off guard and this type of stuff so Hamas surprised the Israeli military um, and they slaughtered little um little towns little communities there's a word for them but i can't think of them right now 
Slaughter came in one, slaughtered the majority of civilians in there. I think I saw um, the beginning attack, several assaults. So they've killed 800 Israelis in the two weeks so far. They've just slaughtered. Now, again, Hamas is a terroristic group. They are the ISIS of Palestine. Okay. Um, and so them attacking a sovereign NATO, I think Israel is part of NATO. Um, attacking them is um, you know a declaration of war in which Hamas declared war so um, you know it's or Israel declared war Hamas attacked but Hamas came across through the Gaza Strip um, attacked a concert took hostages there were misinformation and uh, false reports of Hamas beheading Israel or Israeli children, babies, and stuff like that. So far in this conflict, in two weeks, there's been a lot of misinformation, a lot of uh, you know misleading, and so forth. Um, and so it's just been a very misinformed conflict so far. Now here's where the nitty gritty gets into it. There's been there have been protests um, worldwide, kind of uh, whether it be anti-Jewish or anti-Muslim, anti-Israel, anti-Palestinian uh, protests going on across the world, especially in large cities like Paris, where there was an anti-Israel. And to better understand that is to explain what, how Israel got to where it is now. You know, they stepped on a lot of toes, basically declaring that the Gaza Strip has been theirs and they've been like attacking Palestine for it because they think it's Jewish land. Uh, Jerusalem, I believe is in Israel. Um, Jerusalem is the capital of, is, is of Israel. And so, um, that kind of follows along the, the Gaza Strip, an old city. So that's why, um, Jerusalem has been a part of that area for so long and it's the capital of Israel. So they feel as though the Gaza Strip is theirs because Jerusalem is part, is, is with us. So that's why they basically, a lot of people see it as, uh, colonialism or a strip of land just because based on. A biblical thing um and that's why there's been a lot of anti-israel uh protests now the same could be said for palestine is thinking that palestine owned it because like damascus and all of that is in palestine i believe but oh, excuse me. you know they've been fighting over this one strip of land for so many decades since the 1930s really almost 100 years and um you know to say either side deserves it is it's 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 wishy-washy you know what i mean um it just is that's just how i see it as just wishy-washy but um so you know hamas attacked israel countered saying they will it's basically a blitzkrieg tactic like we will basically tell hamas to run their we will run hamas's shit Shoot the ones with them, shoot the phase with them, do all types of shit. 
it, you know, and last weekend there was a big offensive that was supposed to be mounted to go into, um, into Hamas, into Pal- into Hamas controlled territory and do all this type of stuff. Um, and I think it's still happening now, but, um, I think it's Kabib, that's what it is. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's wild to think. I don't, can't really speak all about it this until I get more information about this conflict, but you know, I would give my opinion about it. Um, keep this episode not an hour long. So here is where I stand on this. <laughs> you can be support of Israel and you can be support of Palestinians. I'm going to start with the Palestinian side first because there are Palestinians both there and abroad that do not support Hamas. Again, Hamas is a terroristic organization. They are Palest- they are essentially they're essentially ISIS or ISIL, well used to be ISIS but up for the Palestinian Arabs. That's who they are. They're a terrorist organization. You know, based in Palestine. So they want to rid Palestine and the Gaza Strip of Israeli, you know, colonialism or Israeli, whatever you want to call it. That's Hamas's job. Palestine just wants equal rights to the Gaza Strip for both them and Israelis. Not just to say both countries own the Gaza Strip, just to say there's equal share of it, equal share of the land. So I side with Palestinians that are against Hamas and just want stability and order and peace and really just inequality with sharing the Gaza Strip with Israel. So I support those Palestinians. I do not support the Palestinians that are fighting or rooting for Hamas because they want to overthrow a sovereign or kick out a sovereign government from a land that they also don't shouldn't claim as their own. Um, so I think that's part on the Palestinian government to also f- combat Hamas. Um, I don't know if Palestine really even has a military. Um, Hamas might have been there to have military, so that's why I say that. But I support Hamas, or whoa, 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 whoa. I do not support Hamas. I support P- Palestinians who are against Hamas, who still, who are not um, who are not there for the terroristic ways that Hamas represents. I am. For the Palestinian, there's Palestinian Jews as well. Nobody thought about that. Um, I'm for those people of Palestine, Palestine that want to have a sovereign, free government and to share a bit of that land with Israel. Now, I also support the Israelites that also want the peace, the sovereignty,ness and to share equal, have equal shares of Gaza, the Gaza Strip. But I don't want to share the ones that are pro-destroying Palestine, Palestinians, Arabs, or Palestinian Jews even as well. Because that's kind of a hypocritical thing, especially if you're an Israel Jew or a Christian, especially. Um, Just kind of wishing ill upon that. 
Um, so I support those Israelites that are just wanting this conflict to end in a peaceful, as peaceful as possible for both sides and that support Palestinians that, Palestinians that are going through the same thing. Uh, we're going through it right now and are just, they just want Gaza to be an equal kind of neutral zone for both countries because this conflict has been going on since the 1930s. Um, so I, this may seem controversial to y'all that I pick one side, but guess what, motherfuckers? I'm a sophisticated black man. I pick, sometimes I pick one side, sometimes I pick two sides, sometimes I pick no sides. And in this case, I'm picking both sides. I'm picking the more rational side, more rational parts of these sides, the people that know what actually they are wanting and fighting for, rather than this needs to be destroyed, this and that. So that's what I'm doing for. I'm supporting the non-Hamas Palestinians that just want to be recognized as a sovereign country, to be left alone by Israel, and to share a part of the Gaza Strip, and then I support the Israeli part, as well as the Palestinian Palestinian Jews, and then I support the Israeli Jews and Israeli Christians, and even a few Israeli Muslims, which will be interesting to practice there, because Israel, Jerusalem, Christianity, anyway, um, and yeah, Jews. So I support them wanting also the same thing. And um, just wanting a fair and equal land for all. And to kind of get conflict through. So I support both sides. I support the Palestinians who aren't part of Hamas, who are not cheering for Hamas. And I'm supporting the Israels who are not cheering to destroy innocent Palestinians. And stuff like that. Um, And if you disagree with that, then hey, you disagree with it. It is what it is. Um, We're going to take one more commercial break. Um, again, this podcast episode is sponsored by the Sophisticated Black Man Podcast on Anchor Podcasts or Podcasters or Spotify. Um, you know, hey, if you are somebody new out there that needs something new to listen to, or if you know somebody that needs something to listen to, um, hey, tell them to listen to the Sophisticated Black Man Podcast. Tell them to type in the search feature in Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you feel comfortable listening to it, and tell them, hey, just give it a listen to. They might enjoy what they're hearing on this topic, and then on life updates, guns, food, concert, festivals, all types of stuff. So just enjoy that, and we'll be right back for the wrap-up. to the show podcast episode bars um yeah so welcome back to this uh second episode of a double header that's more than likely going to come out tomorrow october 23rd release i'd say 30 minutes apart probably an hour give you guys time to listen to that first life update episode and then you guys can get you know get politically freaky with it listen to this episode um yeah, so this episode, I told you it was going to be very politically charged, um, very opinionated. Wasn't going to focus on American politics because we all know that shit is gross and unorganized. I mean, hell, we don't even have a fucking 
speaker of the house you know jim jordan's old rapey ass didn't even didn't even secure a secret vote um to become speaker of the house which is wild like you you lost two votes publicly and then you lost a third vote in a secret ballot that's wild like how the fuck you do that how do you lose your potential job three times in a week you got a worse you know failure job failure rate than craig did it friday my man like that's it's fucking wild but nonetheless um leave me voice messages what are your thoughts what are your opinions about these two conflicts that are going on that have real world implications global implications you know there's a grain deal supposed to give ukraine grain to feed their the feed the poor that's been you know in place people trying to give aid to palestinians and israelites in the gaza strip right now um Send me, a, send me a voice message about that. You know, I'll even put up in a poll that'll stay up for a week. Just tell me how you feel about it. You know, and um, let me know your thoughts. Let me know if my opinions suck or if you're you're on the same track with those opinions. So it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, for this next episode, um, I won't tell you guys what I'll be talking about. You'll just have to hear the day it comes out. To be honest, I don't even know what I want to do at this point. Maybe I want to revisit some topics. Who knows? Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll talk about a certain federal government that's in charge of how to regulate firearms in the U.S. and how I think they're dumb. And they'll probably listen to this episode and try to send somebody to swat my house and, you know, John Wick, my dogs. And then maybe I'll just turn into the black John Wick. Who knows? Doubtful, but hey. We'll see. Might do that. I don't know. Might have somebody as a special guest, and we'll both talk about that certain federal government, federal agency. But nonetheless, I'm glad you guys have still been supporting me, even though I've been gone for four and a half months. I'm glad you thoroughly enjoyed that life update episode, and I'm glad you may or may not thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Regardless, thank y'all for being some of the biggest supporters of this podcast. We ain't changing. We ain't going nowhere. We can't be stopped now. Because this bad boys for life. That's the wrong reference, isn't it? Like but I'm Jamar Burke, your friendly neighborhood black man. Your, I almost said it again, your sophisticated black man. This has been the Sophisticated Black Man Podcast. And I'll see you when you see me. Deuces. Peace out.